Alex Smith. Now we know the truth. That's why Andy Reid was always so hard to find on the sidelines. He was actually Alex Smith was on Andy Reid's shoulders as quarterback in Kansas City. They were they wore one of those two person trench coats, <laughs> and and Alex Smith would would run around on Andy Reid's shoulders because that was his offense. And now, Andy Reid was the legs. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he is very fucking mobile. For, for for his body type, Alex Smith can run. And if you're telling me that was actually Andy Reid last year carrying Alex Smith, dude, that is he's nimble. He's that nimble. is the most impressive thing I have he's, ever heard of. He's so nimble. I swear. Um, Jesus, <laughs> man, I would pay to see that Alex Smith on top of Andy Reid's shoulders playing football. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. We are in episode eight here, talking about the week seven results in the 12 pack. I am here with my co host, J.R. Lett. J.R., say hi to the fans. J.R. Lett. Hi, fans. Hi, and I am your, I am your main host, obviously, uh, T.J. Co-host. Lett. Co host. <laughs> Uh, here to be the main host for you. You're welcome. And uh, two co-hosts. We actually have a uh, a surprise guest coming on the show here. Shocking. Um, we've got the the uh, third co-host. <laughs> well, some would some would say the second coast. Uh, two co-hosts and a guest host. <laughs> uh, thanks for being here, Louis. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. First thing we want to do, since we forgot to do it last week, is get into some of our listener emails. Uh, we've got two uh, emails from longtime listener, Mr. Dr. Dombrowski. Uh, he's a very big fan of ours, tunes in every week, always has some stuff to say. We appreciate him. Um, looking at an email from, from two weeks ago that we forgot to mention, uh, he, he had emailed in to celebrate the quarter way through of the fantasy season. He says, forgive me for not writing sooner. My studies and gingivitis have kept me busy and perturbed. <laughs> Throw in over this past summer a mild case of trichinosis, and it all begins to make sense. Uh, Mr. Dr. Dombrowski, we forgive you. Uh, I know that gingivitis of the knee can be <laughs> a big pain, and uh, we don't blame you at all for not Boy, don't we emailing know in sooner. He <laughs> uh, goes on to talk about uh, how we just have a masterful podcast um, but he he does not appreciate the unhealthy obsession with Chris Hogan. Uh, he was talking to his spiritual advisor about it, and uh, his spiritual advisor didn't even know who Chris Hogan was. Uh, he mentioned that he would rather have Hulk Hogan on his fantasy team, which at this point <laughs> might actually not be a bad move. Honestly, uh, that's a better play. <laughs> um, he also didn't know that Corey Davis was a player in the NFL. Um he thought that Corey Davis was the vice principal of the jo- local junior high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he probably also is. Or it could have possibly been the 60-year-old uh, over at the indoor soccer league at the YMCA. <laughs> Corey uh, Davis. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, a good, a good moment to talk about Corey Davis because, whew, I mean, we'll, we'll get to him, but he is... After that one big week, he's been an extreme disappointment. Yeah, he had his breakout week, and then, uh, yikes. 
The last, I want to read this last snippet of, of Mr. Dombrowski's email. He says, lastly, I have never seen someone put the screws to an entire football league with such stupendous psychology war, psychological warfare as the man Justin has done. The acquisition of Broiler June Meadow as his third QB left me speechless, <laughs> breathless, and consequently a bit woozy. It was a strategic move that will be talked about and studied by the experts for centuries to come. Broiler which, June Meadow. <laughs> whichever toe sniffer is unfortunate enough to be playing him this upcoming week should, out of respect, leave a few starting slots vacant in demonstration of awe and respect. Wow. Um, so, Dr. Mr. Dr. Dombrowski, you are truly a poet. Your way with words is amazing, and... You said it best. Justin Justin absolutely picked up Broiler June Meadow as his third QB and it was a very Justin move. Very Justin move. But you know what? He liked it and um, so maybe, maybe it was the right move. Justin, maybe think about picking him back up and, and see how that goes for you. Tommy, you mentioned uh, his spiritual advisor in that in that email. He did email in more recently. We received another post from Mr. Dr. Dombrowski via the post, you know, the mail post. Mm-hmm. And he told us, he said, my spiritual advisor, Ned, is now also addicted to your podcast. Ned, who, like Cher, goes by the one name only, Ned, doesn't use any modern technology. No computer, no phone. He's finally tuned to the realm of the spirit. The other day, when he was working on my knee and my soul, he confessed to wanting to hear the podcast again. The one I had him listen to the day before. D- the day before. Before he pop up. Uh... <laughs> Dr. Mr. Sorry, Mr. Dr. Dombrowski, thank you for sharing our podcast with Ned. We really appreciate when our listeners spread the news and to know that you are sharing Let's Talk Fantasy Football with your spiritual advisor. That means a lot to us. And I know I speak for both Tommy and myself and any guest hosts that we may have. Yeah, it's always, always, always appreciated. Um, so in the second email that you're mentioning, he his spiritual advisor is asking us for fantasy advice. And I wanted to run a few questions by you, Jack, if you don't mind. Um, Please. Yeah. So here's, here's, here's what his team looks like. So he's in good shape uh, at, at the QB position. He has Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> under center. Uh, Ned likes how Jesus seems to audible everyone to the right position. Uh, in the backfield, he's got Moses as a pass-catching back, agile and strong hands from carrying stone tablets, says Ned, and the Buddha for goal line work. His receivers are Muhammad, Osiris, and Krishna Krishna, being the speedster and the deep threat, who is really who has really elaborate touchdown dances involving incense, smoke, and live animals. <laughs> I... I, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Sorry, in the flex spot, he's got Confucius, and he also has the venerable Bede, Bede, currently on IR. Bidet? I don't know. Bidet? No, not bidet. Not, certainly not bidet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his kicker is Achilles, which is a problem. <laughs> okay, so Jack, the tight end spot is where he needs advice. He's deciding between the Dalai Lama and John the Baptist. Mm. Um, John the Baptist, we know, is more of a blocking tight end but has more upside in the red zone than the undersized Honestly, Dalai Lama. can I cut you off there? Because he's asking for my advice, but it doesn't matter. He says the team he's going up against this week has Krampus. I just, 
I don't see who he plays at the tight end affecting the matchup much. I think he's going to get taken down. I think Krampus is honestly probably the most valuable fantasy asset in the league at this point. Yeah, I mean, you throw in the fact that he, that the team he's facing also has Beelzebub, and chances aren't looking good uh, for well, now. Well, Mr. Dr. Dombrowski, truly one of a kind. Uh, we don't receive emails of your nature at all from anyone else. So always a fun read, and thanks. For, I mean, keep them coming. I, I can't say that we'll have consistently good advice uh, <laughs> just because we're a little more familiar with um, the NFL fantasy <laughs> players and teams. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I recognize a lot of the players, but I'm not 100% sure what league they're playing in or what system you're through. I'm not sure if Yahoo has a, has a league that has this capability. But that being said, always happy to answer questions and give advice as much as we can. Tommy... We've wasted no time at all, but yeah. we have spent some time. Yeah. Let's head into the matchups. Let's give the people what they came here for, what they want. Louis here. We got a great episode. Lots of exciting fantasy drama happened this week. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. Tell me where we're starting off and let me start first because I am a bull ready to be released from his hen's nest. <laughs> okay. Uh, and with that... We are going to jump right into one thing that I wanted to mention real quickly. God bless it. <laughs> so this is this is information worth sharing. I wanted to start the episode off with this because I was looking up Todd Gurley's stats. And I feel like this is worth highlighting because Todd Gurley right now is on pace for a season potentially that we have never seen in the history of the NFL. Uh the only comparison to make is in 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson uh, had a season which is the greatest running back season in fantasy history in the NFL. Uh, in he, fantasy uh, history, right? Like, I, yeah. I know you said that. I know you said that. But I guess there's a big big distinction between fantasy. I mean, you could argue it's the greatest real NFL performance. It's So he didn't have, like, the most rushing yards or the most... He didn't have the most total yards of anyone, but he he does have the most touchdowns of anyone. Touchdowns, ever. I guess, are just the big key for yeah. fantasy production. Yeah. So he's up there with total yards. He ended up with 2,323 all-purpose yards, 51 catches, and 31 touchdowns for the year. <laughs> you hearing that correctly? I mean, he's 30? not... He can't, right? He can't. 31 touchdowns of the year. Which So Todd Gurley... Right now is on pace for 32 total touchdowns and 2,185 all-purpose yards and 57 receptions. Uh, Ladainian Tomlinson in that historic season averaged 2,789 points per game. In our My and word. obviously in our in our scoring, uh, Todd Gurley right now through seven weeks is averaging 2,772 points per week. I mean, he's he is Greg's team. He he has been Greg's team, and Greg yeah. has yeah. And yeah, we could get into a whole bunch of stuff with uh, all of my regrets that I have, and you know maybe that being the biggest mistake of my entire life. But uh, we'll just walk right past that, so I don't you know end up getting depressed during this episode. Totally fair. Let's let's move on to the first matchup. 
which you wanted to get right into. So let's get right into it right away. No, no delays, not a single delay before this. Uh, we're going to talk about Kyle versus Dad because Kyle takes down Dad with a score of 14,022 to Dad's 11,654. Kyle. Let me talk about Kyle's team. Give him to me. Give him to me. Give him to me. He moves up to first place. He moves up to five and two. Dad drops to five and two. And Kyle's him. got him by a little less than 100 points. So why don't you talk about our first place team through seven weeks? Shut up and triple. Kyle puts up a monstrous week. I guess not monstrous in this team's this this season standards, but monstrous for one reason. Kyle got a combined 330 points from his two running backs. Frank Gore got 380. I know what you're thinking. Jack, you said they got a combined 330. Frank Gore got 380. What did his other running back get? What did they actually get combined? Matt Breida got negative 50, ladies and gentlemen. One fumble loss on 15 rushing yards. Matt Breida... The best starting running back on Kyle's team currently got negative 50 points. I mean, unlucky, obviously, yes. with Matt Breida's well, injury. Yeah, because he, he went out with an injury. He went he out with did. an injury. He did, but um, he's gone out with an injury, what, like the last four weeks? Yeah, he's that's what I was going to say. Uh, but yeah. point being, Kyle was somehow still able to get 14,000 points as a team. It's a testament to the man at the helm, four passing touchdowns, 358 yards, and 45 rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes with just another monstrous week, number one quarterback on the season so far. Enough said about him. He's just been tremendous. Adam Thielen, another guy who's just been tremendous. Number one wide receiver on the year so far. He has more than 10 targets every single game this season. More than 100 yards every single game this season. Five touchdowns. I mean, what what else can you say? Number one. Number one. Kyle's team is dynamite and is on the shoulders of those two giants. Yeah. He got another great performance from his defense this week. Cleveland getting 21-50 against Tampa Bay. That was a surprising play from my point of view, but it worked out for him. Great stream. Great stream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the decision after seeing Chicago not be able to contain uh, Brock Osweiler. He didn't like their chances going against Tom Brady, and <laughs> that was probably a good decision. Smart. Definitely thought he needed to get an option other than the Bears. I just wouldn't have personally played Cleveland, but it worked out for him. Josh Gordon. With four receptions for 100 yards, great game for Josh. You like to see some consistent production out of him. That's three weeks with four targets, nine targets, seven targets. I mean, he's, I don't know. He's definitely not locked and loaded, but he's a player you can throw in there and and get a nice production from as a flex option. Julio Jones is really the, I don't know. Nine receptions again tonight, 104 yards. He's He's been dynamite this year, but... He still does not have a touchdown, and it seems like he's just never going to score one. So that just really lowers his ceiling a lot. I don't know. I mean, Kyle's in first place. His team looks great. There's not much else I can say about it other than his running backs are trash. But with how good his quarterback and wide receivers are, it's really scary thinking about his team if he just finds running back options to plug and play week by week. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. If if he figures out the running back position, and it's a it's a slightly big if that all three wide receivers and his quarterback maintain the current production since they've all been such dynamite so far. I mean, Adam Thielen's on pace for 153 catches this year and 1,878 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, 1,878 would be very close to the all-time receiving record. 
and I gotta think 153 catches is close to the, the record as well. I don't think he'll um, be. I don't think he'll be breaking any records. I mean, I, but I think Adam Thielen will will be. I, I think he'll absolutely be a top three wide receiver. If, yeah. By the end of the season, and I think Pat Mahomes will be the number one quarterback. So. Yeah, if if Thielen slows down, it'll only be marginally, and same for 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 Mahomes, who is on pace for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. Kyle very clearly needs to flip some wide receiver talent to fill a hole at the running back position, yep. but he has been unable to do that for reasons that are obvious to everyone else in the league. No more to say about that. <laughs> uh, Tommy, go on to Dad's team because I know you've got a lot to say about it. Yeah, and actually, I wanted actually to to give this one to Louis. Um, seeing as we have him here as our guest, I wanted to get his opinion. Uh, we've talked about Dad's team, how we like it in general. Um, what do you see from him this week? And do you like his team rest of season? I guess yeah. Just just give me the lowdown. You're looking at the roster here. What do you see that you like? Uh, start off with this week. What do you see that you like? What do you see that you don't like? Well, <clears throat> we're all looking at the same thing. He made some real bad choices with who to start and who not to start. And I don't know, it was like a over-tinkering type of thing. We're like, oh, this matchup's a little better. I can't, for the life of me, understand why you would bench Emmanuel Sanders after what he's done so far. Yeah, and especially since you, you're benching him for Michael, Michael Crabtree. Crabtree. Right, who had, who had one good game. I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Sanders has outscored Michael Crabtree basically every single week this year. Yeah. Uh, he's been, I mean, he's been great. He's got, his worst week of the season is 880, which came in week four. Outside of that, he's been over 1,000, and he's got now three weeks over 2,000, two weeks with 2,400. Very interesting to sit Emmanuel Sanders. Now, Arizona wasn't the best matchup, and New Orleans was maybe a marginally better matchup. But yeah, it's just they're on they're in different that tiers. That is the of definition player. of overtinkering. Yes, trying yes. to find oh, it's a little bit better of a matchup. It's like no, go with the guys that have been doing well for you so far. Right. Uh, and then, I mean, I know you were probably about to bring this up. He sat Philip Lindsay and played Alex Collins. Now this one makes even less sense, right? Because this is the opposite of tinkering Arizona has allowed 200 rushing yards a game over the last is it three weeks in a row <laughs> I don't think it was th- th- it was just two it was just the two coming into it now yeah. this would be the third yeah 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 so Arizona is the very worst <laughs> fantasy defense against running backs uh Philip Lindsay had not gotten less than a thousand yet this year uh and you combine that with Alex Collins who has been very inconsistent Going up the twenty eighth best, or sorry, twenty eighth, right. So like basically the fifth best fantasy defense against running backs so far this year. That one was even more confusing to me. That one just makes no sense. You can't all. you you can't sit Phil Lindsay against the Cardinals. You just you uh, you don't sit anybody against the Cardinals. That's, I guess that's maybe he thought Royce Freeman was going to get more of the work. I don't know. I I don't know what he could have. If thought, that was but true, he shouldn't have dropped, dropped Royce, Royce Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> So well, then, he could have he could have played him too. Boy. But he actually straight up dropped him. So uh, yeah, that, his, his um, only bright spots were Andrew Luck playing against the abysmal Buffalo defense. His that's Houston, a great stream. His Houston defense against Jacksonville, which was another great stream, uh, and then Tavecchio and and Joku get catching a touchdown. Those were 
his bright spots. It was the rest of his team was not good. I mean, you you guys are totally right that he could have. I mean, had he plugged in those two guys from the bench, in in place of the people in his starting lineup, he he would have won. Right. The, to me, that is that is what drives me up the wall. Is like Lindsey and Sanders to me are so, like it's so obvious to start them over Collins, Collins and Crabtree respectively. And if he just does that, which I feel like is a, such an obvious move, he beats Kyle this week. And that that's what drives me crazy. Yeah. Right. And we're talking about it for after the fact. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott getting only 520, you know, Diggs getting only 660, Allen getting only 970. You don't expect that from those Tyler players. Board was honestly the big Tyler Tyler Boyd was the biggest disappointment for me on Dad's team this week, only getting three receptions for 27 yards. Four of those guys. Andy Dalton yeah, we'll get into really, Andy Dalton when we talk about really bad in that game. Yeah, uh, yes, we'll talk about that later. But um, so if even two of those four guys produce what they should produce, he he still looks a little better. Right. Yes, there was a lot of disappointing performances yeah. and from it the just guys. So happens that the really dumb moves he made cost him. Cost him. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But I think we can all agree his team is really it's good. Solid. Yeah. Like, Tyler Boyd's going to be better. It was a crazy bad game for Cincinnati. Uh, Andy Dalton just doesn't like the spotlight, apparently. Um, And Elliott, a a very rare down game from him. So, yeah, I mean, even with the mistakes, he still put up 11-6. And even with the down performances from basically all of his stars, uh, yeah, he still almost had a a semi-decent week. So... He's five and two. He's in second place. I got no worries about Dad's team. He's five and two. He's yeah. five and two. You said that really emphatically. He he is though. Kyle's five and two, and Dad is Dad's also five and two. Kyle's got a much better team than Dad does. Do you think that's rude to say? I guess I'm just really high on all. Th- Patrick Mahomes, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and Robert Woods is a disgusting core four. That is. Um... I don't know. Julio Jones' ceiling is very capped right now, though. They they showed the a dude. St- I just I guess I'm I'm the idiot who's thinking he's going to score a touchdown any day now. So in the last five years, there was they showed a stat tonight uh, during the game. In the last five years, Julio Jones is second in catches, first in yards, and twenty eighth in receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that is out of control. It's not. It's not a this year thing. It's not a this year thing. It was a last year thing. It was a year before that thing. It was a year before that thing. He doesn't get touchdowns, and it doesn't make a single lick of sense, but it doesn't happen, and it's not going to happen. He might get a few this year, but it's not like over the last nine games he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. It's not going to happen. No, but he just gets so many targets that he does. he's a and fine, he's a you perfect still you know, wide, he's a perfect wide receiver, too. And that leaves Robert Woods as a wide receiver three, which is, you know, he's just, he's so set there. And I think dad, I don't know, Stefan Diggs has been hurting from Adam Thielen being so good. Keenan Allen has been so inconsistent. Zeke Elliott, I think, is is the biggest bright spot on dad's team. But I don't love, I think Tyler Boyd will turn around. I don't know. I think I'm just more confident in You're the talking about pieces. turning around. We're talking about one bad week from Tyler Boyd in a game that I know. was abysmal. That's what game. I said. Kyle, Tyler Boyd will turn it around. But he doesn't need he, to turn it around, is my point. He's been fire this year. He had one bad week. He he only had 640 in week five and 410 in week one. I mean, okay. yeah, he's been consistently good across the board, but he's had his slow weeks. I'm saying he'll bounce back. I think we're on the same page. Okay, I like Dad's team more than Kyle's. I think Dad's team is much more well-rounded than Kyle's. 
All I, right. I, I hate Kyle's. I mean, Kyle's team is if if the product like I say if the production drops from his four guys, he's got such a massive hole at the running back position that Dad does not have. Dad's got a top maybe five running back in Ezekiel Elliott and a top twenty running back in Philip Lindsay. Kyle's meanwhile starting Frank Gore. So you tell me. I think we can both agree we'd rather have both of their teams. Uh, yes, absolutely. They're both looking good. Uh, yeah, next matchup. Uh, so the next matchup that we're going to talk about is going to be actually uh, me versus Brian. Uh, which A battle I mean, of the Titans. Yeah. Hey, nothing to laugh at, okay? Some people I mean, were, oh, you guys both got under 10,000 this week. Nuh-uh. Uh, no. No, thank you very much for pointing that out because I did not. Tommy take, got that five-digit victory, ladies and gentlemen. I take I take Brian down with a score of ten thousand even to his seven thousand four hundred and twenty-two. Thank you very much. Reached that ten thousand threshold. I'm very happy with my team's performance this week. <laughs> Dude, you squeaked by with a win this week. Great though. I mean, everyone needs some good luck. That's what fantasy is all about. You take that with pride, my friend. A win is a win. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd take it with a whole bunch of pride. I'm certainly very happy to get the victory. I moved to 4-3. and three. I'm sitting in 5th place. Brian drops to 3rd place. Still at 5-2, and two, though. Um, and I want to talk about Brian's team first. Uh, and either of you can take the lead on this. Uh, I will just... Yeah. So, did either of you watch the the full Kansas City versus Cincinnati game? I know Louie didn't, Jack. Did you? I watched a vast majority of it. I can't say I watched every play, but I watched a lot of it. Okay. So, Andy Dalton puts up 892 points. Um, and that is really bad. So, going into last night, here are the quarterback totals going up against the Chiefs this year. 2,996, 3,898, 2,234, 880, 2,460, 2,180 and then Andy Dalton's 892. And the other person that got the 880 was Case Keenum. Even Jimmy Garoppolo put up over two grand. Even Blake Bortles put up over two grand. Why is Andy Dalton so bad in primetime? It doesn't make any yeah, sense. That's that's the key, man. He's got it's stage fright. I don't know. He plays horribly. I don't know the numbers, but I, I saw all over Twitter today that the Bengals are just with Andy with Andy, I was going to say Andy Reid, Andy Dalton at the helm are atrocious in primetime games. They're like 0-8 on Sunday Night Football or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it's 0-8. Yeah, it's either Sunday or Monday night, and then the reverse, I don't know what the record is, but it's also abysmal. I mean, it's just an atrocious record between the two uh, sun, nighttime primetime games. So looking at Brian's team, it was obviously a very down week. What are we... I mean, you got you got to look at. Sorry to cut you off, but I just you got to look at Allen Robinson as the biggest disappointment. What's I, I would love to know Louis's thoughts on Allen Robinson because he's he's been not up and down, but I feel like he's still pretty unproven. The Chicago Bears offense is starting to prove itself, but what do you think about Robinson's prospects rest of season? I've almost entirely ignored him. That's fair. Now. That's uh, fair. <laughs> Same. So I don't know what he's done. But yes, I'm not excited to be I guess, starting him. Are you bought into the Bears' offense? Overall, I mean, I streamed Trubisky this week, and that was a nice little move. Um, but it's it's a lot of like 
No. Real life offense? Absolutely not. Fantasy offense for certain people? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But apparently the two guys that Brian has are the ones who are suffering for some reason. It's, you know, Tariq Cohen and everyone else besides Allen Robinson. Yeah, his bears, are, his bears are two of his biggest his question marks. His bears are rough. Are real rough. Yeah, Jordan Howard's looking rough right now. Uh, Tariq Cohen has, in the last three weeks, cemented himself as the better fantasy option yeah. than Jordan yep. Howard, which yep. is just insane. I'd much rather have him right now. And that does, Came that out of nowhere crazy. for me. Yeah, no, I, I was not expecting Tariq Cohen to be better than Jordan Howard this year. That is absolutely something I will agree with. Uh, yeah, I mean, abysmal performance from Allen Robinson. Uh, just one catch for four yards. He started Peyton Barber over... Kenyon Drake, which I was very happy with. Peyton Barber puts up 300. Kenyon Drake puts up 1670, which is... It's still, like, I get why he sat him. I mean, Kenyon Drake only got six carries this week. He happened to bust one for a long run, but still, Adam Gase isn't using him properly, and he just happened to get the touchdown this week. Um, yeah, he, he got he was a boom play. boom. He's a boomer bust play, and unfortunately this week was a boom. Brian benched him, but to your point, I think it was a fine bench. Really unfortunate that Peyton Barber went and only got... I mean, he had 11 carries, but he did nothing with it. Only 30 yards, no touchdowns. Really unfortunate. Hold on real quick. It's not necessarily unfortunate. He had one good game all year, right? Is that my imagination? Yeah, no, you're correct. Last week... Uh, yeah, but it was last week, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. ride the flames. Prior to recency, that. Recency <laughs> bias. He's been trash, 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 trash. He has one good week. Yeah. You don't start him. Hey. Stay in the flames. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. We're, talk, believer we're talking that. about matchups. Cleveland is the That's better fair. matchup fair than, fair. than Detroit. Uh, but yeah, no, it... Uh, and the whole Breeze versus Dalton thing is over-tinkering to me. You don't say Breeze. <laughs> I mean, I get he's been less good recently. Cause I, I disagree. I disagree. I, disagree. I, play, I play Andy Dalton over Drew But we Breeze. all know what time the game is at. Right? <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. We forgot, though. We no, 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 no. We no. forgot. It's so... It's so did you did you honestly remember that before the game? Like you you saw that if coming because I, I was like Kansas City's defense is so bad, their offense is so good. I thought this was going to be a barn burner like everyone else. Uh, I didn't think about it, but if I had done any, if you do any research, those statistics. Baltimore's are... got the best defense in the league. I just I don't know. I I I'm fine with that play. Tommy left a lot of points on on his bench as well. Lamar Miller with sixteen forty on his bench. Deion Lewis with eighteen fifty on his bench. Uh, Tommy, are you upset with yourself for playing LaShawn McCoy over one of those guys, or do you think that was the obvious play and you just got unlucky? Well, you're being very ignorant right now, uh, because LaShawn McCoy was injured on his second carry yeah, of the game. Yeah, okay, that's, well, what did I give you? What was the second option? You just got unlucky. <laughs> so answer. Uh, Don't call me uh, ignorant. Answer the uh, question as I posed it. Well, so no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, yes. Okay, I got five. Got we unlucky. Can agree. We can it's, agree. It's a terrible question. Uh, <laughs> ten times out of ten, I would start Lashawn McCoy over either of those two guys. The 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 question, the better question, would have been about Javorius Allen, which is a mistake. Uh, so Lashawn McCoy against Indianapolis, yes, I start him every time. Got very unlucky with him getting injured. So my my thought process for for Buck Allen, I wasn't going to play Deion Lewis. Because Tennessee hadn't scored a touchdown in two weeks. So... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> was waiting to see what he would do before starting him. And for Lamar Miller, I overestimated, uh, or I guess I underestimated just how bad Jacksonville was. I thought in Jacksonville, 
in a must, you know, not a must-win game, but a very important game within the division. I thought they would pull it together, be really good defensively, squeak out a win, and Lamar Miller wouldn't get many yards and not touchdown. He rushed for 100 and a touchdown. So Jacksonville is just a piss-poor team at this point. Their Blake Bortles got benched for Kessler, uh, who immediately did better than Blake Bortles, and Jacksonville's defense has been trash. We'll get to them when we talk about Anna's team. For Javorius Allen, my thought process was the Saints get up and Baltimore plays from behind, and he is the pass catching back. And so I thought I could get some garbage points from Javorius Allen and end up getting close to 1,000. Uh, and, you know, obviously that's not what worked out. Baltimore's defense is better than I thought they were. They shut down uh, and held the Saints in check for most of the game, and Javorius Allen did not get much playing time. Uh, so that was the bad move. I should have done Miller over Allen. That that uh, That's what I should have done. But other than that... Well, hey, your team was a juggernaut even without him, okay? Breaking that 10,000 threshold. You got to be happy about Michael Thomas's performance. Back on the 1,000-point wagon with 1640 after two underperforming weeks. He had nine targets, seven receptions for 69 yards, and a touchdown. That is good news for you. And then back-to-back weeks, man. You stuck with the Jameis train. And boy, he delivered. 32 for 52, two touchdowns, 365 yards. Jameis is looking like a viable fantasy option. Your team looks good. Tevin Coleman, another solid week here for Tevin. Zach Ertz, your brilliant trade. Best tight end in the league. Psych. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of the league. Brilliant draft by Justin. I knew it the whole time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Your team, your team looks good. Obviously not a great week, but... LaShawn McCoy, like you said, very unlucky. You had some points on your bench. James Conner on a bye. Doug Baldwin on a bye. Le'Veon Bell coming back sooner rather than later, hopefully. I I like your outlook. You're 3-3, three three, or you're 4-3, rather. Uh, best of luck, man. Thank you. Yeah, obviously, I'm incredibly lucky to be 4-3. Uh, if I have a different schedule, I could be... I would be three and four. I could very easily be two and five or one and six. Um, and so to be four and three, tremendously lucky. And I like where I'm sitting because of the luck I've had so far. I've always thought my team was going to be a second half of the year team. Uh, Michael Thomas's buy is over. Doug Baldwin is coming back off of his buy, like you mentioned. James Conner's coming back off of his buy. I've got those three guys who are my three best guys past their buys. I got Jameis Winston, who's been looking good, past his bye. I've got the highest-scoring tight end in Zach Ertz. I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling really good. Dude, that's all the stuff I said. I, you you, you know what? Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. That's the only thing you forgot. And I think... Ertz, Ertz has scored more than him. Yeah, well, but you know what I mean. I mean, Travis Kelsey is... I said he the was best. the highest-scoring tight end, is what I said. All right, you, well, fine. you play with your definitions, then. Potato, potato over here. I'll right, play with on, mine. Exactly. Thank you, Louis, for once. Uh, all right, on to the next matchup. Fine. Fine. All right, we got Toilet Soup versus Gregory Poopsicle in the next match. Uh... Drew versus Greg. This was the most exciting match of the week. Uh, Drew with the come from behind victory, thirteen thousand six hundred ninety-six to Greg's twelve thousand nine hundred eighty-six. Drew had Odell Beckham Jr. going tonight, needed roughly seventeen hundred, uh, and didn't get that until about five minutes left in the game. And then he had a late touchdown from 
from Beckham that really... A real um, late touchdown. Yeah, with five seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he needed that? Yeah, oh my God. That would have been so rough. Yeah, that would have been real rough for Greg. Um, but yeah, both teams looked good this week. Drew has now won three in a row, and he moves to four and three. He's in sixth place. place excuse me. Uh, Greg drops to three and four um, and moves down all the way down to 10th place. Very tight right now in the standings. Um, so... Let's talk about the winner first. Um, let's. Uh, you want to let Louie take the lead on this one since you have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You basically beaten a dead horse with Drew's team. If uh, you talk about his team anymore. I mean, first of all, I'd like to just say great, great stream by Drew playing the Colts against Buffalo. That's who I was targeting, or that's who I would have targeted on the waiver wire. Great stream by him. You can always play someone against Buffalo. <laughs> you get whoever's defense it is. Play him yeah. against Buffalo. Yeah. So great job by Drew. And then, like you said, come from behind win. Just super awesome for OBJ to go out there on Monday Night Football. Snag a TD, snag eight receptions, 143 yards. That's what fantasy football is all about. I hope Drew was watching the game tonight and cheering on as his team prevailed to victory. Louie, talk about the rest of his trash team. <laughs> well, Tom Brady's still Tom Brady. That's what you want from him. Uh, OBJ came through, you know, that that could have been one of those like devastating losses where the Giants are just such garbage that he doesn't get that 1,700 points, which in any other year, well, it should be obvious from OBJ. Especially against Atlanta. Correct. And one of the best matchups of the season. The best matchup of the season. Can we just take one second to say how sad the end of that Giants game was and how Eli Manning it was? To run up the middle twice and just run out the clock. I don't understand. That was so Eli Manning. <laughs> that was pretty Eli Manning. I feel bad. I mean, is he delusional at this point? Did he think that he has the physicality? I just don't. I don't think he knows where he is. I think he's got right. early onset dementia. He's been. He's been. He's, it's something like that. Yeah. He's, no, been, he's, he's been working out with Saquon Barkley. He thought he got the powerful legs to, to drive it in. This, you guys. <laughs> Let me keep poor it. decision-making. But anyway, speaking of poor decision-making, Drew started Corey Davis this week. Sure, yeah. Just kidding. He That's a is, fine start. It's, a, it's not a fine start anymore. None of the Titans are fine starts anymore. That's the thing. <sighs> yeah. You can't start any Titan. You can't start a single you, Titan. You cannot start Corey Davis anymore. No. He's worth a stash. Yes, you keep him for a while. But that's the bench. Uh, Sony Michelle is rough. He went down in the second quarter. For a couple weeks, probably, with an MCL something or other. Nothing like horrible. News is it's not serious. I mean, it's serious, but it's going to be a week to week thing. It's not season ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was looking great for Drew. And, and now all of a sudden. They're going to be in no rush to bring him back. Right, that's the other thing. If they keep winning, um, which they will. Which they will, because <laughs> they're uh, Yeah, that could be a three or four week thing. I would think maybe more. We'll see. But that's rough because he was looking great. Yeah. Um, TJ Yeldon had a good game, but that could that could slow down now that they traded for Hyde. Yeah, that kind of fudges things up for both Hyde and Yeldon. Correct. <laughs> they might just both be not very good. And then when Fournette comes back, they're useless if he ever does. True. Yeah, because... Uh, I don't know. I think when Fournette comes back, I, I think it'll be a... Like a, a Fournette and Hyde shared backfield, which is not great for either of them. Because no, even, not great for either of them. I just with the whole backfield. I think you know. Fournette is. I I don't know. I don't think he's going to get healthy enough this whole season to 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 be the workhorse. 
you know, you would think they'll be, I mean, they're obviously being super cautious with him, and they'll probably continue to limit his workload when he, if he comes back. What's their record? They're, what are they, do they drop to three and four now? With that loss to Houston, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I, they can be pretty quickly out of playoff contention. Well, not in that division. Uh, <laughs> so Houston, yeah, Houston won and went four and three, and the Jags okay. lost and went three and four. Uh, so so. they won one game back. Yeah. And, okay. They're, okay. Um, anyway, Ebron comes crashing back to earth, but he's got Greg Olson on his bench. If he stays healthy, that could be a swap. Yeah. If Ebron is really going to fade into the yeah, nothing, go back to what he used to be um, after those massive games. We talked about Tree Cohen already. He's now an every week start until you find out otherwise. Yeah, that's been the real gold mine for Drew. That's yeah, what's turned his that's, team that's around. That's an amazing flex all of a sudden. So so I guess he he's, he can put him up if you consider him an RB two all of a sudden. That helps. Um Yeah, definitely. And he had Will Fuller on his bench who didn't have a great game, but he had an okay game for a flex. And Tariq Cohen, by the way, is now on the season for average points per week, a running back one. Wow. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. Right under Joe Mixon there, huh? Right, yeah, right behind Joe Mixon. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he is, a, he, is, he is the 11th ranked running back uh, in average points per game, which is just out of control. That is out of control. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, okay, so now he's got an RB1 just <laughs> sitting there in his flex. So that's not bad. Um, and There's then, worse yeah. situations. Yeah, I mean, it's Drew's team is, has really... Looks so much better than it did a handful of weeks ago, and I think Tariq Cohen is a is a huge part of that. And I Sony Michelle is is that's that's a big key for Drew. So if, if that's yeah. a long term, if that starts, if that turns into a multi week thing, that could really hurt his his chances. But luckily unless he's four and three, and he's in he's going to get position and is good again. You know, <laughs> need that yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. To if if Sony Michelle's out, he needs Thompson to come back next week to immediately fill that void. Uh, yeah, On the other move, side of the matchup, yeah. Greg's team had a respectable performance. Cam Newton was <laughs> Cam Newton did nothing mm-hmm. for three quarters mm-hmm. and then scored twenty five hundred fantasy points in the fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. that's essentially what happened. Uh, amazing comeback by the Panthers to come back down from seventeen zero in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton led the charge. Amazing for Greg. Mike Evans with another solid game, 14-20. Todd Gurley is, I mean, Tommy started the show with Todd Gurley just because it was that important. He couldn't wait until Greg's matchup, and rightfully so. Todd Gurley is breaking records. It's a a historic season. So, I'm so, okay. So, Todd Gurley last year in our league had 35,000 points and change, which was... 6,000 points better than the second-best running back, which was Le'Veon Bell, who had an amazing season. So Todd Gurley's season last year was already tremendous. He's on pace for 44,000 this year. Mm. It's obscene what he's doing. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Not only was I expecting a regression from him this year, I certainly wasn't expecting him to get better. And he is blowing his last season performance out of the water. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's no end in sight. That's the thing. There's right. no reason to think, oh, he's going to slow down. I mean, he's just the he's like just half their team. I mean, he's yeah. literally half their team. Yeah. He's got a nose for the end zone, and that team always gets close to the end zone. Yeah. And when they do, he just gets in. He just yeah. finds It'll the end zone. It'll be him every time. And yeah. 
and it's scary. I mean, he's he's da- like he he's gonna he has and will continue to lead Greg to victories that he doesn't deserve. Meaning that meaning that he's starting Pierre Garcon still. Yeah, he's starting Pierre <laughs> Garcon, who gets one catch for five yards. What? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's bad, but he like I mean, he had been getting some targets in the last couple games, but just Pierre Garcon is not startable. He hasn't been startable. Most of the year. Chris Godwin has not been great. Uh, I mean, he had a solid week last week, but before the bye week, he only had 320. He's up and down. I mean, he's he's startable, but you don't yeah, love you don't Chris love Godwin, that. I don't mind as a start. Uh, I don't know that there's much better options in free agency, but for Pierre Garçon, absolutely. Don't be Mark starting Ingram him. Mark Ingram was a disappointment this week. Obviously, a, a, a locked and loaded RB2 start every week for Greg, but only getting 520 this week. You kind of I expected that against the you Ravens, know, though. Yeah, Ravens, best defense in the league. I don't think that's something that'll continue. I think Mark Ingram, it'll be, like I said, locked and loaded RB2. Solid week from Benjamin Watson, his tight end. but Great stream. Great pickup. I mean, Let's give him yeah, credit for that. Yeah. Honestly, Greg's weaknesses just lie in his wide receiver three and his flex spot. I think the rest of his team is really solid besides that. Yeah, he's... Um... It's really not looking bad for him. Like I said, he dropped to three and four, but he was very close to moving up to four and three. And with Todd Gurley and Cam Newton, uh, Cam Newton's passed his bye, so he's just going to start him every week. Uh, and then obviously Todd Gurley will have a bye at some point, but Todd Gurley's averaging 2,772 points per week so far. Uh, he's starting two quarterbacks. Is right. <laughs> he's starting two very good quarterbacks. <laughs> so... Those two things alone can lead you to victories as long as everyone else is just decent. Mm-hmm. And that's one more been... thing to say about Greg's team. Sorry to cut you off, Tommy, but I, I, know I what meant you're to mention say. this. I meant to mention <laughs> this. I meant to lead with this, and I got yeah. caught up in the good parts of Greg's team. Greg, please, please. I'm serious. I'm so Greg's, serious. Greg's please, not listening to this. <laughs> please, I know, but someone send him this clip. Cut this and send him this clip. Please drop C.J. Anderson. <laughs> Please drop C.J. Anderson. Why has he been on your team all season? There's it's, no reason to be rostering C.J. Anderson. Yeah, that's There's fair. no reason to be rostering C.J. Anderson. While we're at it, while we're at it, please drop Jamison Crowder. <laughs> no, not nearly as badly as C.J. Anderson. He's droppable, though. Those aren't even on the same level, but he's droppable. He's absolutely droppable. With his injury, with how bad the Redskins' passing offense is, with how many other options are in that offense. I mean, I guess he's starting Pierre Garçon, so, you know. <laughs> Who would you rather have, Pierre Garçon yeah. or Jameson Crowder? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Jesus. Um, there's, be- there, there's better options in free agency. But you're right. I shouldn't have thrown that in there, Tommy, because it's on a, a cosmic level above that. Please drop C.J. Anderson. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so... I think bottom line is, uh, I mean, they're right in the, both of them are right in the thick of it. Right now we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams uh, that are either four and three or three and four. So, and and every they're right in the thick of it right now. So, well, let's move on to the next matchup to um, to to hear the other guys who are in the thick of it, if you will, because. This next matchup involves some uh, some, some thick of it. middlemen, <laughs> some some thick of it middlemen, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. We got two gentlemen that are in the thick of it. Uh, Justin versus Louis this week. Justin took Louis down. 
great score for Justin, 15,656. Uh, Louis had 11,170. Uh, a down week for him for some very obvious reasons, which we will get into momentarily. Some very obvious reasons. Dude, <laughs> honestly, honestly, return of the Mac. Okay, I'm done. Marlon Mack. Let's, Justin's team, we talked about last week how his, the, the main and really only issue for his team was his running backs. And he picks up two guys off waivers who, who combine for 5,220 points. Marlon Mack got 3,090 and Latavius Murray got 2,130. I mean, That's that is just a That's what happens when you hit the waiver wire, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Greg. You got C.J. Anderson on your bench. (laughs) Maybe take a look at Marlon Mack or Latavius Murray when they're out there in free agency. Yeah, very fair. Uh, I mean, just out of control, the kind of production he got from those waiver pickups. 3,000 is not going to be the standard for Marlon Mack. I think we can all agree on that. But it's still, nonetheless, a very good pickup, I think. I don't agree with that. I think Marlon Mack will get 3,000 every week. Rest of season. Let's make it a bet. <laughs> Let's bet. Uh, no, but I think Marlon Mack is obviously a great pickup. He could very easily be a running back too. Rest of season. Uh, Latavius Murray will be a, a very fine play until Dalvin Cook comes back. And right now we don't want that's going to be. If it ever happens. If it ever happens, which we will talk about in just a moment. Uh, but a very, very well-rounded week from Justin's team. I mean. And if especially to fight through with Antonio Brown on a bye Aaron Rodgers on a bye and Cooper Cup injured. I mean, a crazy, and... crazy performance from Justin. A extremely well managed team with those waiver wire pickups. Just couldn't couldn't be prouder of Cranky Goat Hanger's performance this week. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not on his roster anymore is Marshawn Lynch, who was on a bye but is now also on the injured reserve. Uh, so he lost his best running back, and like you said, uh, those other guys were also on byes and Cooper Cup was injured. And so, yeah, he, he really. <laughs> He put it together. It was it was tremendous work. He had Philip Rivers just plug him in. He's been holding on to him for Aaron Rodgers' buy, so he puts up two thousand. Edelman's going to be solid. We've always talked about that. Another twelve hundred for him. Another twelve hundred for Kelsey. And the giant performance was from the Rams, who just absolutely obliterated the Forty ers putting up thirty four hundred points. Uh, keep up, keep up hope for Deontay Foreman, Justin. Keep him, <laughs> keep him on your IR there. Really though, the, the, I think the literal one person we haven't mentioned on Justin's team is the San Francisco running back, Raheem, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Mustard? Mustard. Raheem Mustard. He, go, he goes by Colonel Mustard. No, uh, I don't know how it's pronounced either. Mustard? Or, I think it's Mustard. I think it's French. Like I'm pretty sure it's Mustard. Raheem Mustard. Agree um, disagree. He got 980. Seven carries for 59 yards with Matt Breida injured and with Kyle Juszczyk as the other option in the San Francisco 49ers backfield. He could actually be startable maybe i mean they're playing the cardinals next week so yep. sign me up and uh, oh absolutely and matt Breida should absolutely sit out a week because yeah, it please. has not been going well for please. him please <laughs> to just take a rest we know you're tough big guy if you're going to keep getting injured every play just just sit out yeah mitch trubisky talk about streams louie his team lost this week but boy did he get a performance from his colonel mustard mitch trubisky 333 <laughs> passing yards 81 rushing yards and two passing touchdowns, monster performance. James White, who's going to continue to lead Louis to victories, oh especially God. with Sony Michelle going down now. He's yep. a bad, bad man. Two rece- two receiving touchdowns, fifty seven yards, eight receptions. Nick Chubb, who Louis snagged, Ugh! 
on the waiver wire, not on the waiver wire, actually, as a free agent because news broke that Carlos Hyde was traded. Louis snagged him. He could be pretty huge. I mean, that could, be, that could be one of the free agency ads of the year. I'm very upset. Uh, I talked about this a little earlier uh, in the week before the games. Uh, Louis forced me to work on Friday. He took the morning off. Um, and wow. you know, he, was spo- he was supposed to be in at 1 o'clock. I was supposed to leave at 1 or 2. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I can't. You know, I, you're going to have to stay a little later. I can't make it in yet. Wow. Uh, oh, by the way, at 2.30 in the afternoon, I picked up Nick Chubb. Well, you couldn't be paying attention. So, there. Uh, wow. No, that's, but I, that's a snake move. Yeah. There has oh, yeah. to be some sort of fine print in Yahoo's <laughs> guidelines about about not wow okay well we'll look into that you have commissioner capabilities so we could yeah, remove Nick I'll Chuck probably just add him to my team um, I, I would I would be in support of that one last thing I want to say about Louis's team Sterling Shepard with five catches and 167 yards tonight I regret dropping him <laughs> sort of but at the same time it's the Giants but also have you seen my wide receivers so I probably should have held on to him instead of Going after Antonio Callaway. <laughs> yeah, you could use Sterling Shepard right now. It is a tremendous matchup against Atlanta. This is his best matchup of the season. Yeah, um, so let's not overreact, but it's still a very encouraging game. Uh, I just What I want to mention, so Louis only scored 11,000. He didn't play a kicker, and at the last second he picked up John Ross, who got injured early in the game and also put up zero. So he put up 11,000 with only eight players, which is kind of tremendous. Uh the reason being is, so Louie had a, a lot of buy trouble this week. He had Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Jimmy Graham, Devontae Adams, and Amari Cooper all on buy. That's five players. We only have four bench spots. So that put him in a pickle. He also had Dalvin Cook, who was ruled out, fortunately, earlier in the week so that he could put him in his IR spot. So that helped him a little bit. The devastating thing was with no warning at all, there was literally no talk about it the entire week, and then on Saturday afternoon slash evening, Melvin Gordon was downgraded to questionable. And by Sunday morning, they had ruled him out. And this was after, <laughs> earlier in the week, Anna hoodwinked Louie <laughs> into trading her Austin Eckler for Demarius Thomas. Wow. We're, it's still unclear how Anna knew that what Melvin Gordon was... the trading rules? Is there a lot of backdoor dealings subclass? going on yeah, in this league? This is, uh... I don't know how she knew. You, she I mean, knew. come on. You know, you you think Anna doesn't have Philip Rivers' ear? The years of loyalty she's given Philip Rivers. That's you don't fair. think she's that going on fair. with that Chargers yeah. offense? Okay. That's yeah, she was probably off. texting with him. Absolutely. Uh, but the point there is with the the Melvin Gordon injury was the icing on the cake to Louis being in a kind of an impossible spot. Um, he ended up dropping Amari Cooper uh, before the news broke. You know what, dude, can it, boo-hoo. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to give you a soapbox for this, for this narrative where, oh, poor Louie, poor Louie. Louie, you lost, okay? You lost, There shouldn't be, there shouldn't be. Fair and square. Justin took you down. I'm not going to let Tommy sit here. Wait, hold on. Your back was against the wall and the whole world was against him. I'm not saying Louie deserved to win. All I'm saying is there's a reason he didn't start the proper amount of players is all I'm trying to say here. Um, he would have had Melvin Gordon not gone down, or at least I think he would have uh, at least thought about dropping Amari Cooper for a kicker, and then he would have had a complete roster. But Melvin Gordon going down, it put him in a position where he's got players 
I mean, would you drop Tyler Lockett? Would you drop Jimmy Graham? You wouldn't drop Devontae Adams. I guess the only question is you maybe would have dropped Russell Wilson. I'm talking to you, Jack. Dictionary.com. An attempt to lessen the blame attaching to a fault or offense. Seek to defend or justify. Excuse. That's all I hear from you, Tommy. Excuses, my friend. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Louis got trying dealt to, I'm the trying cards. To, I'm trying to ask you a fantasy question here. <laughs> Louis got dealt the cards that we all get dealt. We all got choices to make. Justin made better ones. I don't know what you're trying to say. What I'm asking you is what would you have done in Louis' position? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you're full of excuses, man. <laughs> You're full of excuses. I don't think Jack ever listens to me. Um, um, no, I mean, first of all, first of all, I I would have dropped Russell Wilson. Yeah, you would have been yeah. fine doing that? Yeah, I would have been fine doing that. Even though, like, the last, like, two or three fantasy seasons, he's been, like, the best quarterback the second half of the year? Oh, well, he was the QB1 overall last year. Yeah, he was, like, the highest scoring player last right. year. Yeah. I mean, no. If I had Louis' record, I might not have. Um, but if okay, know. so here's here was my plan. Can I? Yeah. Can I give go ahead? My plan? Yeah. I'd love it. I there was plenty of time. A lot of a lot of Justin's guys were done by three thirty, uh, or they but they played the three thirty games rather. So I had the night game and I had the Monday night game. After Los Angeles put up thirty four hundred points. And my defense put up negative fifty. <laughs> Big swing. I was buried. If so, then then I did the math and I was like, okay, I don't want to drop Amari Cooper, but technically, if Travis Kelsey does nothing, let's say he gets injured on the first play, and Calvin Ridley does nothing, he just isn't targeted. I still have a shot. If John Ross, he's coming back off an injury, if he scores a touchdown. Then I can pick up. I, then I then I would have probably dropped Russell Wilson out of those guys, out of that out of those choices. Yeah, for sure. To pick up a kicker, because uh, Giants kicker was still available, and I would have, would have put him in. And then you know I got what I needed from Stoning Shepard, and I would have needed probably I don't know what what did the Giants kicker end up putting up. You got two field goals, so you probably got anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred. Sure. It could have been close. If ever, if absolutely everything went my way, but it did not. None of it did. Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> even with some None of my of guys putting up great performances, by by the point by the point in time that I would have filled those roles, it would have just been a waste. Yeah. It would have just been no. throwing players it's away fair. for no reason. Sacrificing That's your long term right. for a Just win that you were going to get. thousand six hundred points. Yes. I mean, the chances of me winning from the beginning, if I know that is the, his final score start of the week, I just don't do anything because <laughs> the chances That's of winning fair. against that total is very low very low yeah cool uh, let's move on so, to my matchup i think yeah absolutely um but uh, the point the thing about both of these teams is i like both of them uh i think they both have a very good chance of making the playoffs uh yeah I, actually yeah, as we get into to uh no actually it's not your matchup. Sorry, Jack. It's going to be Aww. Dan versus Scott, which is actually Ooh. better because we get Ooh. as we get into the Dan versus Scott matchup. Uh, Dan takes down Scott with a score of twelve thousand seven hundred eight to Scott's eleven thousand one hundred and ninety eight. Uh, Dan with that win moves up to seventh, and 
Uh, Scott moves down to last place at two and five, uh, with the lowest scoring uh, team on the season. Uh, by the way, I don't, th- I don't know if we mentioned Justin's in sixth and Louis is in eighth, uh, both at three and four. So, as we get into this uh, fifth matchup, Jack, I want to open up a new segment. Uh, would you like to introduce the segment? Yes, I <laughs> would. I really would. We got a new segment called Let's Blast. Let's blast them, blast them, blast off. Let's blast, 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 blast them. Let's blast. It's a segment where yours truly, or Tommy, or one of our guest hosts, gets to put someone on blast. Let's blast, ladies and gentlemen. Our first victim, Scott S. Train Cruz. Oh, Scott, where do I even begin, my friend? Let me start here. You're wrong. You've been wrong. You'll always be wrong. No, okay, so a little backstory. Last week's podcast, I might have gone on a bit of a tangent about how Alex Smith being on Scott's bench was an absolute travesty. Scott didn't take too kindly to this. He he got a little upset. uh, He wasn't happy. He thought my take was harsh. He thought my take was inaccurate. He came back with some decent counterpoints, I suppose. He sent me a very impressive-looking spreadsheet full of numbers with lots of columns and lots of rows. Now, you listeners know I'm not a big data guy. I'm not big into the Pythagorean theorem, okay? (laughs) I'm not big into the numbers side of the equation. I love that reference, by the way. I'm not big into the numbers side of the equation. I... I really, really was perturbed when he sends sends over a spreadsheet of not just numbers, but meaningless numbers. Week by week projections versus the point totals they got. Scott, if you're basing your decision making and who's on your bench off of the... I, I hope to God these aren't Yahoo's projections. I'm begging for any ounce of respect I have left for you, that these aren't just copy and pasted into a spreadsheet, Yahoo's week-by-week projections. Because if that's the case, and you're basing your decisions on Yahoo's projections, do you know how bad Yahoo's projections are? Tommy, how bad are Yahoo's projections? For reference, uh, when Dan was beating you by 300 uh, this Monday night with (laughs) uh, Saquon Barkley still playing and you having no one left... Yahoo predicted that you had a 22% chance of beating Dan. <laughs> so that is how bad Yahoo's projections okay. are. So by the, let me put that into a spreadsheet. Let me put that into a quick formula. So there is a 22% chance that Saquon Barkley finished the game with not getting any more points, but getting negative 400 points, which is a handful of fumbles. Point being, Yahoo's projections are trash, both live in-game and before the week. I mean, they're just they're just wrong. Yeah. They're not... They're not I don't Good know predictor. what the they don't system update is. Them. They don't update them frequently enough. They're they're not responsive enough to to roster changes and matchups, and they're just if that's not and let's, good. And let's be clear, because we don't know that he was using Yahoo's, even no, if you're I, using NFL.com's or ESPN's. Yeah, I mean they're all garbage. Yeah, yeah. You can't just look at weak projections. You you gotta you gotta look. You gotta listen to podcasts like this. You gotta look at records and not records but blog posts and and tweets and 
smart people and what they have to say about it's all about opportunity gain and it's all about you just can't waste we only have four bench spots in our league I don't care if you throw quarterback numbers at me they're going to look impressive but that's the freaking point there's 30 quarterbacks you can start they're all good they're all they all they all get way less than I know he's the first he's the most point differential whatever I don't care about your numbers Alex Smith has been trash this season anyone with football eyes can see it or non-football eyes my eyes are normal shaped and I don't think that I don't think that anyone with a brain thinks that. I don't think you think that. I think you got defensive and sent me some spreadsheets, but I think you know you're wrong. Why would you have Alex Smith on your bench when he's bad? But anyways, uh, I mean that. I mean I'm not even being that harsh on you because I just feel bad for you at this point, dude. You're wrong, Alex Smith. I mean you sent a bunch of spreadsheets. You spent a bunch of long texts. You win. I mean don't get me wrong here. You win the argument. You came to the table with a lot more evidence. You fought harder. You win. You were wrong. I was right. But come on. We both know the real answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the main point here is, if I could just add one thing to the, the blasting, is like, for me, because one of his arguments was that he wasn't sure about Jared Goff, which I get, that's fine, because I'm not sure about Jared Goff either. But even in that situation... One, Alex Smith is not the quarterback to hang on to if you're unsure about Jared Goff. And even if for some reason, like, I don't know, is is he worried that Alex Smith is going to score like 3,500 and not be available in waivers? Like, Alex Smith is always going to be available in waivers to you because we have four bench spots and no one wants to start him because he's not even a top 24 quarterback. So he's not startable in two quarterback leagues, (laughs) is what you just said. Right. Alex Smith would not be startable in a two-quarterback league in a 12-man league. I mean, yeah. that's wrong. I, I I don't, I, I yes, I don't agree with keeping Alex Smith on your bench for that long. But uh, we've blasted him enough. Um, but I love you, Scott, and thanks for, I love the interaction. Always come back at me. I, I'm just spewing trash out here. I mean, I like to think I do some research and I know my stuff because I've spent my entire life doing this with Tommy and he's very smart. So I, a lot of that has rubbed off on me, but of course I'm going to be wrong a dozen times per episode. So call me out. I appreciate it. It just so happens that this time I, I wasn't wrong. Well, we're, uh, well, we're sitting in the flames. I'm going to take a turn blasting someone and just kind of close out the blasting that we had on dad earlier. Uh, dad, if you're listening to this, just what the hell are you thinking? Uh, not playing Philip Lindsay and Emmanuel Sanders. You're five and one going into this week. Your team has been absolute fire. You've been playing Emmanuel Sanders and Philip Lindsay every week. They've been doing well for you. Just keep playing them. I mean, regard not. I mean, take away the fact that Philip Lindsay had the best matchup possible this week, and just play him anyway, even if that's not the case. But certainly, if that is the case, play him. And Emmanuel Sanders, who has been easily a wide receiver two this year, close to a wide receiver one, keep playing him. There's no reason to, to change it up. I mean, Crabtree is fine to, to keep on your bench, but there's it's not like there was anything saying Crabtree was going to explode this week. So, like, uh, yeah, just, you know, don't overthink things. Just keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I'd love to hear his rationale. Yeah, I'd love to hear it, too. Um, do we want to blast anyone else before we finish up? Scott versus Dan's matchup. Louie, you, you want to blast anyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I need to blast Kyle for for desperately needing to trade for a running back and not being able to get it done. Because yeah, let's blast he's just, the shit out of him. He's just so 
hard-headed on the trade. I know everyone is. I mean, everyone is. Everyone overvalues their own players. But, boy, I, I, I try to make a lot of trades, and I like to think I'm one of the most active people on the trading block in our league. You are. There's there's no one who grinds my gears more on the trading block than Kyle. He just, I, I don't. I have no interest in ever trying the trades to make I get another from him attempt to and, trade with and Kyle. And the trades that he turns down uh, and... and proposes are just so misguided and it's fine he's got i praised his team earlier this episode he's got a great team i wish him the best but boy if i were him i would really be trying to get a running back and he's not he doesn't seem as desperate as he needs to be and i think it'll hurt his team in the long run unless he can make something big happen and he's got to be able to 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 ease up a little bit on how much he's valuing julio jones how much he's valuing robert woods how much he's valuing Josh Gordon. He's just, he's got to make something happen. Real quick, Jack. Uh, I talked to Tommy about this briefly, but you, I don't think you know about it, obviously. Um, he offered me Josh Gordon for Nick Chubb, which is the first reasonable trade offer I've seen from Kyle. I reject I mean, it. no. I Reasonable, like, yeah, like within the realm of possibility, but I would right. never do that if I were you. Right, um, and that's Louis, fair, but, and I but reasonable. It, but and honestly, like... upon reflection, Kyle did offer me Julio Jones straight up for Joe Mixon. I was insulted by it. I thought it was a laughable, but upon reflection, it wasn't a laughable that's, trade that's offer. That's an okay trade. Yeah. Um, however, it's it's laughable for anyways. We won't get into it. Kyle, you're on blast because you're bad at trading. Get something yeah. done. It, everyone, no one likes trying to trade with you. There's a reason for that. Uh. So maybe take a step back and just think about that. Uh, I will say I also don't like trading with Dad. Well, Dad's sure. Dad's really bad at trading, just since you put him on blast too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but so you mentioned his great wide receivers. The, the, Kyle's team is excellent right now. But if, if I'm the owner of his team, I have absolutely already made a trade, trading away one of my wide receivers and getting a running back too. At least I mean, a running back too. I I, I, I have I full agree. confidence in that. He, the problem is, is he doesn't want to give up anyone of value on his team and wants someone valuable from someone else. Basically, I mean, he's obviously offering up Julio Jones, but he wants something better in return. Anyone he offers up, he wants better in return, which is obviously fine. But in his case, he has such a dire need for running backs. You need to be okay with maybe not getting the better end of the deal because it still makes your team better even if it's making the opponent's team right. a little more better. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, it's whoever's most desperate. I mean, that's honestly right. whoever wins the trade is usually the person who needs to the person who needs to make the trade needs to give up a little bit more and and entice the person who's not desperate for a trade but because, open to it. Right, because you could maybe give up a Robert Woods and while Robert Woods might be really good the rest of the season it might not affect his team because of his strong wide receivers that if negatively. You just move Josh Gordon up, and right? You can slot exactly. Else that's flex. that's the point. It's like I mean, I do. A... I have turned around to over to value a lot in Robert Woods, especially with Cooper Cup no, being a little injured. No, and... Robert Woods is very valuable. It's very valuable. He's he's a wide receiver two slash three, more so a wide receiver two. Right now, he's a wide receiver one. All right, I don't know if he still is, but he was as of last week. So like, he's a very strong wide receiver, but. Running backs are of more importance normally, and certainly to Kyle right now. He's very desperate for one. Um, 
But yeah, so Kyle, you're on blast for not being able to trade with. Scott, you're on blast for holding on to Alex Smith. And Dad, you're on blast for overthinking things. No, Scott's not on blast for holding on to Alex Smith. I put him on blast last week, but that was a miniature version. Scott's on blast <laughs> for getting pissed that he got put on blast for having Alex Smith on your bench. Come on, dude. Of course. What? <laughs> of course I'm going to blast you for that. Don't be surprised um, by that. Don't come at me for that. Of course. All right. So you have just listened to Let's Blast. Let's Blast. Let's Blast. 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 Uh, All right, let's go through these last couple matchups rather quickly. We've been having a lot of fun tonight, but um, I know we're going a little long, and I know our producers have told us to stop saying that we're going a little (laughs) long because every episode we go a little long. But but I do want to say we are going a little long, so we're going to go through these last couple matchups rather quickly. We got Scott and Dan in in this second-to-last matchup. Dan taking down Scott 12,708 to 11,198. Dan moving up to three and four, and Scott moving down to two and five. Scott will now be in last place, LOL. And uh, no, love you, Scott. Best of luck. You're zero sixteen though, so you got to turn it around quick. Tommy, I just put Scott on blast. Why don't you bring him back up a little bit? He lost this week, but what do you like about his team? And and at the same time, you know, why do you lose? What went wrong besides obviously Charles Clay? So. When I look at Scott's team, I see a little bit of bad fortune in Rob Gronkowski going down. If he plays, he'd gotten over a thousand the last two weeks. Uh, he tried to plug and play Charles Clay. There were not many great options for Scott. I don't mind the Charles Clay play. He's been getting around five targets most game. Uh, new quarterback. He thought maybe Buffalo's team uh, could be a little bit better uh, with Anderson as the quarterback. So just unlucky that Clay didn't do anything and and the fact that Gronkowski went down. So that's a big hit. Um, And then just all around, just some subpar performances for most of his guys. Uh, David Johnson going up against Denver. And Denver is uh, a team that we talked about I've talked about recently being so bad against the run as well as well as Arizona so both that that matchup in general was just two porous defenses and I guess Arizona is just so bad that it doesn't matter because they absolutely obliterated Arizona and David Johnson only put up 850 which I thought for sure he would have a better performance than that so that was very disappointing um and then he just didn't get enough from Wendell Smallwood that I mean, because Corey Clement didn't do well either. They brought in a third running back. I think his name is Josh Adams. And so, that I mean, that, that running back situation is in a mess right now. I'm not sure that any of them are currently startable uh, week to week. For some reason, they insist on having three running backs involved in that backfield. No, like, no matter right, who like you are. would you would think yeah, with Ajay going down, <laughs> they could just go to the two-back right. system. No, absolutely not. you got to bring a third guy in. Just to screw it all up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very good point. Um, and then the the other thing to me is Jared Goff. Uh, we talked about how Scott wasn't sure of him. I haven't been sure of him all year. And this is the reason why. is because in a game where L.A. puts up 39 points, Jared Goff has 1,600. So, like, the opportunity is there. I know they had a defensive touchdown, right? Or was it just a safety? 3,400 points. That feels like a touchdown, but it might have been just been a safety, and they just had a bunch of sacks. And bunch so the, the the point is is that the offense put up over 30 points, and and Todd Gurley's the problem. Uh, you know, not for their offense, but for Jared Goff's fantasy production. 
when your team is, I mean, they've put up 30 points, I think, in ev at least every game except for one. And Jared Goff has only had two above average weeks. And so that's that's the concern. That has been my concern since week one with Jared Goff is he's a fine quarterback, but I just don't know that the fantasy production is going to be there. I think you might even be better off streaming a quarterback week to week based on matchup. I mean, Should have kept Alex Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, two things that I really like about Scott's team, uh, John Brown, excellent game, 134 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he comes back after two subpar weeks. Uh, I think he's going to be a really decent option for Scott moving forward. Um, I just I just noticed Chris Hogan on Scott's bench, which is hilarious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, Jack, this was – I saw this, and I thought to myself, this was an absolute – Scott was pissed off at you for calling him out for Alex Smith. This was an absolute dig at you. He said, listen, bitch, I traded you for John Brown. And now I picked up Chris Hogan. <laughs> you just yeah, gave him was... John Brown for free. I mean, that's <laughs> rough. That's uh, rough. Um, but yeah, uh, and then carry on my wayward son. Carry on, Johnson. Great for me to still have John Brown right now, huh? That would be really, that would be really nice for you. Um, but that is uh, that's but that's what you do. Hey, maybe Kyle's smarter than all of us. You know, be so stubborn that you can't possibly make a trade. And just hold <laughs> and on that's your team it. And you can't make any mistakes. You don't make any trades. That's very yeah. true. But Carryon Johnson puts up 158 rushing yards, uh, puts up 1890 fantasy points. He's looking just amazing, and uh, I think Dude, it's he, really he broke out. I mean, Scott Scott said I I didn't lose because of Alex Smith. I lost because my other teammates are bad. Carryon Johnson has has underperformed. That's 100 percent true, but not for long, ladies and gentlemen. Unleash the beast coming fresh off the bye week with 158 rushing yards. It's his second game this season with over 100 yards. First time a Lions running back has done that, I think, ever. I checked the record book. No, but it's seriously been several time. years. Uh, I mean, I think he could be he could be the David Johnson that Scott's been needing. Yeah, I I certainly like Kerryon Johnson the rest of the season more than I like David Johnson. I think between the two of them, I think David Johnson will do enough. Uh, and then Kerryon Johnson, I think, will be really good moving forward. So I really like his running back situation actually right now um, compared to what some other people have. Uh, and honestly, Sammy Watkins putting up 940, that was a bit of a mirage. He saved his day with like a 50-yard catch in the second half. He didn't do anything in the first half. And Sammy Watkins really has just fallen out of uh, really any kind of rhythm in that offense. It's been very heavy into Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, which is Kind of what we expected going into the season. It looked like it was going to be more spread out at the beginning, but they've, as the weeks have gone on, they've really focused in on those three key guys. So I'm not sure what you're going to get from Sammy Watkins moving forward. Uh, hopefully Gronkowski comes back healthy uh, next week. That is to be determined. But, I mean, Scott's going to need to start putting up more points, and he's going to need to do it immediately starting next week. He needs to start winning now because with what he's put up, he will not have tiebreakers over anyone at this rate. Uh, unless he starts scoring some insane points, so really he's going to need to go five and one to have a shot at the playoffs, I think. And so next week is certainly a must-win for him. Um, so good luck to you, Scott. You've got some pieces in place where uh, it really could happen. Just need some luck, uh, luck to turn around on your side of the ball and uh, and face some people that don't put up a lot of points. But um, certainly keep. Keep the ear to the grindstone and uh, and keep uh, keep churning things out. So hit the waiver uh, wire. Last place is 
comfortable. Trust me, I've been there all Absolutely. season. Absolutely, last place, you're going to have a shot at some good guys. So, uh, But yeah, Dan's team, I like Dan's team a lot more than Scott's right now. Uh, Dude, Dan's, talk about, I've been, whew, whew, I love Dan's wide receivers. They're up there for me in terms of close to Kyle with just locked and loaded every week. I mean, and then some Tyree Kill, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton combined for, I don't even want to do the math, but it's like five and change. Uh, three touch or two touchdowns between the three of them, or sorry, four touchdowns between the three of them. My goodness. T.Y. Hilton with a monster game, two touchdowns, only four receptions, but it was so great to see him back on the tutty board after being scoreless since week two. Corey Clement is the big question mark for Dan's team, filling in in that RB2 slot only with 320. As you said, that Eagles backfield is no fun at all. Carlos Hyde on his bench. Chris Carson on his bench on bye. Bilal Powell on his bench. But Dan's running back system, Dan's running back situation is looking a little grim when you go past Saquon Barkley, who is a animal. What do you think about Dan's running backs? Yeah, so the bright spot uh, outside of Barkley was Hyde for the first few weeks of the year. That has completely changed, especially with him being traded to the Jags. I don't know that I I don't know what kind of production we're going to get out of Hyde. No one does, obviously. So that'll be something we have to see. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I I don't. After this last week, I don't want any part of that Philly backfield. I mean, it's just they're spreading all the carries between three running backs, and unless one of them gets a touchdown, you're not going to get a good week out of any of them. I think at any point for for. For Corey Clement and for Wendell Smallwood, uh, it's going to be touchdown or bust, and that's not that's not great. So that's the that's the massive hole for Dan right now. And Kyle Rudolph uh, has been very underwhelming and has not looked great. Has not been getting touchdowns. Uh, so really, right now, it's the running back two and the tight end spot that is not looking great for Dan. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, his wide receivers are fire. Saquon Barkley, you cannot say enough about him. Uh, and Kirk Cousins has been really really solid. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anything else you want to add about his team? Real quick, I got Jarvis Landry's been real down until now. This is yeah, but I'm I'm him. I'm back on the Landry train, man. Sure, they got sure, no other options in Cleveland. Him and Njoku. He's gonna have some down games, uh, unless all of a sudden they've just turned a corner. I'm on the Baker bus, man. I okay. no down games, no you down games on the Baker bus. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, they were 11. It's been rough. Yeah, it was 11. What was that stat? Did you say that last week? I did say that stat last week. It was like um, he had caught 11. He had like 27 targets, but 13 of them were catchable. No, it was 37 targets, (laughs) and and, and 13 were catchable, and he only caught 11 of them. Uh, it was less. It was around thirty. All aboard the Baker yeah. bus, no, I, Baker, Baker, Baker. I do like Baker. Jarvis Landry going moving forward, but I just real quick that was like he's not. He hasn't been locked and loaded until this week, right now. And if this continues, good. But if it doesn't, yeah, some trouble there. If Landry stays consistent and Hilton's back and stays healthy, yeah. you really like that wide yeah, receiving yeah, yeah. core. Yeah, for it sure. Just, it just came together like right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, let's move on to the final matchup. It's going to be you versus Anna. Um, man. <laughs> stream of the year. Stream of the year. Yeah, we're going to you be on the stream of the year. You, oh, Jesus, you took down Anna 17,476 to her valiant effort of 9,584. 
massive week for you. Wanted to give you a shout out because you outscored mine and Brian's matchup by yourself. That is uh, remarkable. By 54 points. I love uh, that. <laughs> so Brian and I could have faced you together and taken us down. <laughs> Um, even oh, with man. a zero, yeah, man, you got to stop oh, can trying I, can to play. I talk, you got, can I talk about? Yeah, you got to stop trying to play Jets wide receivers. I know what you're going. I was going to say that, guys. I back to Scouts back honor hand hand on whichever Bible you believe in. I will not play a Jets wide receiver rest of season. Very good. I respect that, and I certainly understand it. Back to back goose eggs. Yeah. Um, not back to back. There was a week gap. There was a week gap. Oh, that's uh, right. Because I benched. Right. Thank God. I, I it was close to being a goose egg negative goose egg. Three weeks in a row for me of Jets yeah. wide receivers. But I benched Quincy, so it was zero, and then a week in between, and then zero for Jermaine Curse. Really disappointing. But thank God the rest of my team was there. Talk to you, me, fellas. Rest, what went right? The rest of your team picked up the slack a little bit. Uh, well, what went right? Uh, was immediately apparent uh, on Thursday night. You, Louis, just mentioned the stream of the year, and I, that's hard to argue against. Uh, I can almost guarantee there will not be a stream play that is better than that. Denver put up 4,250 points. They scored two touchdowns, they had six sacks, they had three interceptions, and they had two fumble recoveries. Uh, Von Miller was uh, nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Uh, just wreaking havoc basically on every single drop back. And that, I mean, it was going to be a very uphill battle for Anna even after that. Uh, And then you really put it together. I mean, Trey Burton had his best week of the year, 11 targets, 9 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey keeping it going, uh, been wonderful for you. That's been your only bright spot at the wide receiver position. He got 1830, putting up 88 yards on 7 catches and a touchdown. And then... What I like most about your team right now is Kareem Hunt putting up 3,460. He got 86 rushing yards, a touchdown, 55 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. If you watched most of that game, which you said you did, I watched basically every single play. He was a beast. He looks so good. He's he's finally starting to be involved in the passing game, which was my only concern with him. earlier in the year was that he wasn't getting the targets. He is now getting the targets. And for Kareem Hunt, have you looked at his upcoming schedule by any chance, uh, Jack? It's it's not bad. It's not it's, bad. I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried not, for that week 12 bye. But other so, than that, I've got three weeks of, of real nice. You just put up 34-60, and then you've got Denver... Cleveland and Arizona. Can you imagine what he's going to do in that Arizona game? Looks really, really juicy. I think uh, you were in desperate need of a win this week. You got it very, very convincingly. And I think Kareem Hunt is going to lead you to three victories in a row. Mark it down. Uh, Let's bet. He puts up an average of 3,000 points over those three games. (laughs) I'm just going to, I think that that's reasonable. That doesn't sound reasonable. It doesn't sound reasonable. But that's it doesn't sound thing. reasonable, but I love it. Put it in Denver, the Let's Bet Atlanta, book. Denver, Atlanta, and Cleveland? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Denver, Arizona, and Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. But Arizona's even worse than Atlanta in the run game. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's bet. Louis betting the over on 3,000. 
Uh, I'll take the under just to make it interesting. I'm, I'm betting he's only going to get 2,900 average. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, very disappointing weeks from Joe Mixon and, and still slightly disappointing from McCaffrey, 660 and 1,100 respectively. You hope for more from them uh, in the upcoming weeks. But even with those down weeks, you still have, uh, to this point through seven weeks, you have three top ten running backs uh, on the season. And so that, I think, is what's going to carry you. Uh, Matt Ryan's going to be solid. He put up almost 2,000 again. Um, and you got Dan Bailey. Louis was forced to drop him with his bye trouble. Dan Bailey should be a really solid uh, kicker for you. Um, and I don't know. It looks – I was telling you to hang in – you, it's a, it's a. Not trying to overreact here, but it's a giant win for you to move to two and five. Uh, not to mention that it's such a high total. You have, uh, you're going to have the tiebreaker over a lot of the teams that you're going up against. Uh, if you have the same record at the end of the year, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to be feeling great, right? I feel, of course, of course, I feel great. I'm still bleeding at the wide receiver position, and it's a whole. I've been solely just laser focused on digging myself out of for weeks now. And I just am no closer to the light at the end of the tunnel. I still only have Alshon Jeffrey. I keep just plugging in new players and nothing's working. I, I don't know. We'll see. I feel great. Best running backs in the league. Second best quarterback in the league. I think... I think I just really need to make some magic happen at that wide receiver two, wide receiver three slot. I need to find another consistent guy because I think Alshon's great. Yeah, you're set up for Alshon. The hope is, the hope would be that Marvin Jones turns it around slightly and starts to become more consistent for you, at least closer to that 1,000 threshold. That would be a fine one. There's just too many mouths to feed. I mean, he's, he's at best my wide receiver three. I need a wide receiver two. Yeah, so that'll be, and it's not coming from your bench. Uh, Callaway's even probably droppable. QT, since his first two good weeks, hasn't been great. I mean, he got hurt. He got hurt in this game. Yeah, with a, yeah, so that's why he only put up eighty. Um, and then you know maybe Valdez Scantling surprises and uh, Cobb remains hobbled, and and uh, you know he can be a, a decent option for you next week. But yeah, I mean that's the hole you got to fill. That's the hole you know you've had to fill uh, for weeks now, and. Just keep on trying. Uh, and you know, Speaking the- of disappointing Detroit Lions wide receivers, Anna's got one of those on her team. Kenny Galladay, only 470, two catches for 37 yards. Who, Louie and Tommy, I'll, I'll give this to you guys. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones Jr.? Galladay. Yeah, it's not even really close. I'd rather have Galladay. Yeah, yeah, it's not that close for me either. Anna, want to trade? <laughs> Got a great guy for you, Marvin Jones Jr. Big name. Big name. No one's ever heard of Kenny Galladay. Look at Marvin Jones Jr.'s stats last year compared to Kenny Galladay's stats. Look at Kenny Galladay's stats last year. Not great. Honestly. Not great. Terrible. Who's Um Okay, so Anna's team, now three weeks in a row, Louie, has been incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. She's not going to like this. Are we worried? This. She's not going to like what I'm about to say. Uh, but you gotta not keep playing Jacksonville, and you probably should stream quarterbacks for a little while. Um, yeah, so it's hard think... advice to take because I'm a Russell Wilson fan, and he hasn't. I should have been streaming quarterbacks most of the season as well. But 
Yeah, that's a that's a great take by you, Louis. I I think you're dead on that. That's what Anna needs to do, and I think you're dead on in your self awareness that <laughs> sometimes you need to do that too. But you're blinded by the Russell Wilson light. Exactly, and she loves Watson, and he's a great he's a great player. But uh, something's going on in Houston, and Tilly shows something. There's probably some better options. So, Jack, are you? So you think? So what's going on with Jackson? Why is their defense? Like, I get why Blake Bortles is trash, but why is their defense trash all of a sudden? I don't understand it. I mean, Houston, who just went up against Buffalo, which Buffalo does have a decent defense, but Buffalo had a great performance, and they they got to Houston, uh, they got to Watson a bunch, and Jacksonville only gets one sack in this game, and I, I they're supposed to have like the best front four. Like in the game, it could just be bad luck. I mean, I, I didn't watch that game, so how many times did they tackle somebody else behind the line? I mean, obviously, only they only scored twenty points, right? Um, so they right, it could be a decent NFL defensive performance, right. they, but just they the, fantasy them, but the fantasy points, points doesn't work there out because the stats aren't there, right? So if they if they tackle somebody, it is rough though. Times. Coming off the forty, giving up forty points to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, right. it makes yeah, you right. it no, makes you wonder I don't what's think going who on. They play next week. Um, off the top of my head, I have no idea. They play they're... Philadelphia, and then they're on bye. So See, certainly you don't play him against, against the Eagles. Right, right. you no. got to pick. You got to bench him and pick somebody up. Um, and I mean, they've—that's uh, three weeks in a row now where they're under a thousand, and they only have three weeks out of the seven weeks where they're above a thousand. So I think it's a hundred percent the case where Jacksonville is is nowhere near a plug and play. They're they're. Some they're 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 matchup dependent, and Anna cannot rely on them moving forward as her defense. Week ten against the Colts, plug them in, sure, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Week eleven against the Steelers, no thanks. Week twelve against the Bills, yeah, plug them in. Absolutely. <laughs> week thirteen against the Colts, sure. Week fourteen against the Titans, yup. So they've got some really great matchups, but so you are can't you play going? Against... Are you going against everything you? have talked about and are you advising Anna to roster two defenses right now? Jack? You gonna I'm this thinking question? about no, oh, I'm okay. thinking about the question. <laughs> thinking about the question because you got my back against the you got my back against the wall right now. I'm trying to find a way out of this one. I mean because um, I mean that's that seems like that's the advice you're giving is that she should hold on to Jacksonville for their good matchups, but for the mean for the meanwhile or meanwhile just stream someone else. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah? Yes. I'm I'm saying to bench Jacksonville for two weeks, Philadelphia in their bye week, keep them on your bench, and, and then put them back in week 10 against the Colts. You really, you think it's so unlikely that they have a good performance against Philadelphia that she's started them seven weeks in a row. She shouldn't just give it one more try, and then rest them for their buy, and maybe they come out of their buy better? I guess it depends on who she can snag in free agency and how much bench, spot, bench space Coming from a guy who just got negative 50 from his streaming defense, <laughs> uh, maybe you just start him anyway. I mean, so that's, that's I, the thing. Hey, I'm gonna coming co- from I'm a guy gonna... who just got 4,250 right, for his right, streaming that, defense. So there's your range of options. Those are literally the top and the bottom. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the opposite take here from you guys, and I'm going to I'm gonna say Anna sticks with, I think you stick with Jacksonville against Philly. Uh, Is it a London game? Yes. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah, right? Yep, absolutely. Those are so, those okay. are so stupid. Yeah. No, that's true. That's I true. I just saw the 8.30 game. start time. Plug them in. And, uh, Plug them in. Have I don't think you play them week, week 11 against the Steelers, which you'd not agree with that. I would definitely bench them when they're doing their bye, though. I would, be- 
Uh, I don't know, Louie. Are we all on board with that? That's, no, I, th- I disagree. No. All right. Yeah, we're going to go against you there. I think you start in week nine. Uh... Anyways, enough about Jacksonville. Alvin Kamara is huge for Anna's team. Only 1498 this week, but he's going to continue being huge. Baltimore is the best defense in the NFL. I think things will turn around as they play Minnesota. Good defense, but it'll be an up week. Rams, high-scoring team, Bengals, Eagles, Falcons. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a really nice stretch for Anna here to lead her to some victories. Evan Ingram was a big disappointment this week. Only two catches in his first game back, I believe, after his injury. Yeah, yeah. very disappointing against Atlanta's poorest defense. Uh, but no, you're, your Kamara take is absolutely right. She needs him to be better, uh, and I, I, think, I think he will be. Um, and then, I mean, I think Galladay's going to be better. We all th- we all like him more than Jones, so I think he'll be better. Jackson's been fine, and, like, honestly, Jackson is very close to a wide receiver one on the year, which is crazy. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, another great game. So, yes or no? So Anna's 3-4 and four now, and she'd really like a win next week. Does she get the bounce back week? What do we think? Who's she going up against? She's going up against Brian, who has... Mm. After such a down week, you don't know the, about that guy. The fear is that he blows up again, uh, which, knowing Anna's luck, he will. But um, I don't. Is this next week's matchup? Here? Mm-hmm. I don't love Crowell against Chicago. Nope, they still haven't given up a rushing touchdown. I don't think. Um, Eckler's on a bye. Ooh, Eckler's on a bye. So it's her she'll only... get it. She'll get the W next week, guaranteed. All right, <laughs> perfect. What? All right, well, let's move on then. Uh, no, I mean, the three and four, it's been three down weeks. And, like, I, I, to me, it's just going to be, I mean, the law of averages, it's got to turn around. She's she's due for a blow-up week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, she's ridden this roster through three terrible weeks. Maybe you just you just keep it and, and hope it turns around because it usually does. Uh, but, yeah, we really, well, this that's the end of the matchup, so we really got to close this thing out. Yeah. Uh, Thanks so much for being on this podcast, Louie. Your input and expertise is always, always appreciated. Uh, Jack, great stuff from you this week. Uh, loved you in the Let's Blast, uh, and your takes are always great, uh, always fire. So, thanks for joining me again. Uh, any last thoughts from either of you, Jack? You go first, and then Louie. Fire takes, fire takes. Louie can go first, and I'll close my show. <laughs> that would make sense. One, two, three. Um, so. I don't have anything else to say, but I'm just going to say some words so that I get my second position. Right. One, I'm, two, I'm, three. I, I'm first, Louis second, Jack's third. That's what we've just determined. Uh, <laughs> All right, Jack, last no, but certainly the host least. closes the show. Last As your host, I'll least. close the show. <laughs> Thank you to my guest hosts. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of fun on this show. Let us know if we cross the line. We've got a hotline you can call with complaints. It is a direct line to our producer, Justin's cell phone. So just DM me for those those details, and you can call him any hour of any day to complain about anything that Tommy Louie or I said. I really appreciate the listeners out there. Keep sending in emails. Mr. Doctor, Dr. Mr. Dombrowski, you're the man. Scott, I forgive you. Greg, drop CJ Anderson. Join us next week. Let's talk fantasy football. Do no 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 do no 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 doink doink. Holy cow! Woo! Jesus Christ!
Did we miss a, did we miss a matchup? Because <laughs> that's something I would prefer you mention. 